Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello again, and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So happy February 15th, Adam. Ah, it's a big day for us, isn't it? <laughs> In our industry, February 15th is notorious. While the rest of the world celebrates Valentine's Day, we are with everyone on the 15th who their expectations have been dashed. Dashed, yeah. Yeah, so we are feeling for you out there if you didn't get any last night. Yeah, if you are unfulfilled and unsatisfied today. That's um, right. Pick up the phone. Give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> we're here. We're here with you. Yeah, uh, exactly. We also have, if you're feeling that way today about your relationship, we have a retreat that we are doing, Love and Sex 360 um, in, in Asheville. Asheville, North Carolina, one of my favorite places. Oh, I um, know. It's so beautiful. beautiful there. It's in April. And today only we are having a flash sale, $250 off registration. Yay! Super excited about that. If you want more information, you can go to foreplayrst.com. Right. And it's we have at the upper menu, it's couples retreats. And that's where you can find the link. Otherwise, you can also go to loveandsex360.com, L-O-V-E-A-N-D-S-E-X, the number three, the number six, the number zero, dot com. (laughs) And you'll find us there. And you can get all kinds of information about it. It's going to be a great time. We have different packages so check us out there. And it's six hours of couples therapy that is individual to the couple, which is why it's a little pricier. Mm-hmm. And we also have teaching as well and some exercises. And of course, you're going to be in beautiful Asheville and so in a lovely hotel. Absolutely. Please come and meet us and join us. And we have great news, oh Lori. Oh, my gosh. We found out today. We're super excited about I it. I know. We are so excited. Should so, we share it with them now or should yes, we Yes. No, no, no. We have to tell everybody. Okay. Uh, a journalist has contacted us about interviewing us for the New York Times. The New York Times. I know. Oh, my gosh. That's, I can't believe it. That's super exciting. I know. I keep t- I've been telling my husband, I'm like, we just... We just need to be discovered. Although we got to thank you guys so much. You're obviously telling your friends from December to January, we've grown 37%. And from January to February, we grew 27%. That's exciting. So we are doing great. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for sharing. If you all share like just with one person, <laughs> we would be over the top. And yeah. we're ranking like number seven on iTunes uh, under sexuality. And I think we're yeah. number four on couples. And so we're we're really getting there. Yeah. And so uh, we're, we're just we're... excited just to continue to help you out in your relationship. We'll let you know when you can read about us in the New York Times. I'm just excited to be in the New York Times <laughs> talking about sex, and it's not a sex scandal that involves I am me or, so glad. or <laughs> anybody I know. Yeah. They haven't they haven't found that dirt yet, so I'm excited <laughs> all, all in me. Uh, so, yeah, so we're excited about that. And today, 
We're talking about a, a topic that I think people will be really interested in because this term narcissist, right? It right. gets thrown around a whole bunch. And we really want to talk about how to know if you're actually sleeping with a narcissist. Right. And also to distinguish maybe maybe you're not, uh-huh. right? Um, and so really want to kind of figure out what that is. So what? how would you describe this? How do you know if you're sleeping with a narcissist? Well, for instance, if your partner just needs to be the best in bed, they always want to be the hottest person or they want you to be the hottest person or the sexiest person, or maybe they get angry with you because you won't have sex with them or you're not having enough sex with them. And they're a partner who doesn't take responsibility for that toxic cycle that we've talked about. And maybe that they are asking you to do things sexually that make you feel bad about yourself. You are probably sleeping with a narcissist. Yeah. And so you need help, right? Yeah. Because it's a hard cycle to break It's a out hard of. cycle to break. And the weirdest thing is, is that narcissists are often attracted to people who are actually really kind, empathic, and loving. Mm -hmm. It's almost like they find somebody who will make up for their losses because they don't have any or much empathy. And so they find somebody with uber empathy, and that person often feels really bad. They believe the narcissist. Oh, I guess it must be all my fault. I am inadequate. I am a terrible sex partner. I am a terrible partner in general. Mm -hmm. And they take a lot of it on their sponges. You know, they absorb all the toxicity that the narcissist throws their way. And the narcissist is like Teflon. No, no, no. It's not my fault. Mm -hmm. It's all on you, man. What actually, can you define narcissism, Lori? Because I have, I I sometimes have trouble with this because one, I don't like labels Mm -hmm. a lot. I feel like it's really labeling. I feel like it makes the other person the villain a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I struggle with that. Like as, how do you, how do you define narcissism. Okay. So it's a person who puts a higher value on dominance and power as opposed to relational values like intimacy and warmth. So they care more about being the best. They feel they're superior to others. They are drawn to more surface values like power, beauty, and money versus the relational things that we say, you know, I just had a great dinner with our best friends and we just talked and laughed and that's what's important. Whereas the narcissist comes home from that dinner and says, do you think they were impressed about my new raise and about the car yeah. that we drove? So it's about status. It's about status and, and appearance. And does the sex become status as well then? Sex also becomes a supply. Oh. So it's a supply for their narcissistic needs. It's not relational. It's not about me and them. It's about how they get supplied. If if you give them sex, then they feel like, okay, now I've been stroked. I mean, obviously, literally. <laughs> but, I mean, also narcissists, like, love compliments. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can't compliment them enough. Yeah. And they're actually, in truth, they're governed by shame. It doesn't seem like it because some of them are really successful. Mm-hmm. And as I've said before, we all need a little bit of narcissism, but most of us think of that more as self-esteem. In order to get out of bed in the morning, we we need to feel good enough about ourselves. But narcissists have this deep shame and they cover it with superiority. So they they like inflate themselves. What's the source of that shame a lot of times? Like... That, okay. seem, that seems a little confusing. Like, where's the, where is that coming from? If they're so proud of themselves, where is that shame coming from? Yeah, and that's a great question. And, and I think that if you are sleeping with a narcissist, this might give you some mercy to understand how this all evolved. And there's 
the theory goes that there's two ways narcissism evolves, and it is actually pre-15 months. So this is when we're infants and babies. Oh, um, no, that early. Like it's that early. It's a yeah. very early wound. And so one way it happens is that mama and daddy don't topple baby king. You know, they let mm. baby king have as much candy and as many cookies as they want, and they don't set good limits, and baby king rules the roost. And, and sort of not having appropriate limits set as a child gives you the sense that I am king of the world yeah. and I deserve everything, which is why as parents we need to appropriately set limits and say, no, one cookie is all you get. Mm. Um, also, another way that narcissism develops is potentially more toxic, although both of this is it, – it's not terribly simplistic. What I'm saying is simplistic. It's There's a, many influences that – come together and sure. other stressors that create narcissism. But the other way is having a parent or parents who are uber angry, violent, or so neglectful that the child mm. has to kind of make up in their own mind, I am really good, I am better than most. Huh. And therefore, that's the way they cope with this fantasy of having such deprivation. So it's almost like a defense mechanism in that case. It is absolutely a defense mechanism. And so when you're sleeping with a narcissist, it's hard because they throw so much blame on you. But it's actually what they feel on the inside. Mm. you know, And they, they toss it your way through another fancy term, projective identification, which we'll talk about in another day. <laughs> yeah. But you have you have a pretty good story about a narcissist, yeah, so right? That you saw exactly. I I saw this guy who um, was a rageful narcissist. What, and, what do you mean by what's rageful? Uh, he was always in a rage, just always angry, angry all the time. And no matter what she did, it wasn't good enough. You know, she didn't love him enough. She didn't supply him enough, and he was always upset with her. And so. His favorite way to have sex was from behind, and she didn't like that all that well, but she decided, you know, one day I really want to please him, right, because I never please him, and she was that uber-empathic type. And so she drew a bath, and she invited him into the bath, and she literally did everything, like rose petals, the whole shebang. And then she crawls out of the bath and invites him directly into sexual intercourse with her. And so he's doing it from behind, and she is kind of scooching around to get a little comfortable. And then she draws into herself a little bit because she has to focus in order to get into the rhythm. And he can sense that. And he senses it. Hmm. Exactly. And what does he do when he senses it? He pulls out. He screams at her, I knew you didn't want to do hmm. this. This is all BS. You know, you are... You know, this is a big lie. You were teasing me. You know, all her good intentions washed down the drain, and he's raging again. Just from that perception that she she stopped, she paused for a second. Yeah. Like that sense that— It's um, the slight break. Narcissists yeah. are really sensitive to a slight break in relationship. Hmm. I mean, even though they don't need empathy and connection, like if they don't get the perfect mirror that— you know, the experience that they are having, they want their partner to be having. This is the person who says, but I want you to be into it just like I'm into it. You know, regardless of the fact that it's a different body, it's a different day, it's a different experience. They can't let their partner have their own experience of the event. It's like they want them to have 
the experience that they are having and that they imagine should be being had. You know, with, with the way that they expect it to go, that confirms their status and their place. Right. That it, right. that confirms that they're the best lover ever. Right. Yeah. It's not really about the best pleasure for their partner. Although in the beginning, sleeping with a narcissist, they're all about your pleasure. They're all about performance and having you have the best time. But very shortly into the relationship, it's often discovered that it's proof that they're a good lover versus wanting you to be connected to them. The narcissists Mm -hmm. are really not easily connectable with. Yeah. And Lori, I think maybe can we come back and kind of break down like what somebody does if they if they find themselves if they able to identify I am in a relationship I'm sleeping with a narcissist what they do because I think it is it's so hard to break that mm-hmm. like and to break that pattern like it's hard it's very hard to call somebody out on that right so maybe we can come back and say and break down that a little bit and say give people some ways to start to move and to act differently that may help with this okay great thanks Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress compared to weekly therapy. I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. At Matthews Counseling, we believe it is our job to come alongside you in whatever difficult challenges of life you are in and help you rediscover hope and to find the strength that you have to face those challenges. We strive to create a safe and comfortable place for you to explore who you want to be and identify the obstacles standing in your way. Oftentimes, the first step toward finding help is the hardest, but it can also be the bravest. Give us a call at 919-587-8018. Find us online at matthewscounseling.net. We look forward to working with you. So we're going to talk with you about some characteristics, again, of narcissism. But I wanted to just say a word about the research. Um, In 2002, Campbell and Foster Um, They've done two studies, and one of them we add in Dr. Finkel in another one. But basically there's, unfortunately, with an orientation of narcissism, that is linked to poor relationship functioning and particularly low commitment from the narcissist. And the narcissist often has higher levels of infidelity and lower levels of emotional intimacy. And that's with Foster, Shira, and Campbell in... And I just wanted to say that it's bad news. Um, I personally believe that narcissism is repairable, as I believe all personality disorders are repairable. Um, you know, it takes a lot of time. I see this guy, and he has some qualities of narcissism and, you know, has worked really, 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 really hard and has come to see the other as an other. Uh, and is still working on that. And, you know, it's like it's possible to see somebody as other than as not just a mirror, but as a real person with their own ideas and mm-hmm. needs and things. And that's difficult for a narcissist, but it's possible. Well, let's why don't we take some some things that we that okay. we might see in narcissism and let's talk about 
what somebody that's in that relationship might be able to do, some moves that they might be able to make. Okay. I mean, hopefully, if you identify yourself as a narcissist, if you self-identify, but we I think that's harder. We need a quiz. A quiz, a narcissist. <laughs> Maybe we'll put that in the show notes. We need like a like a detector, like a like a, a gadget, like an app on the phone that you can just hold up to somebody and say, it starts to go off like a Geiger counter so much. Exactly. But that's not happening yet. So So one of the things that we talked about they're consumed by physical beauty in their self and in their partner. Right. So like I had this client who told me, you know, he wasn't attracted to his wife anymore because she's gained 11 pounds. Mm. And it's like 11 pounds, like not 10, not quite a few, not a little bit, but 11. And yeah. somehow or another, and she was beautiful, Adam. I mean, really a lovely dressed woman, very fit. Mm. I mean, beautiful legs. And he's like, yeah, but her legs are short. And I'm like, yeah, and they're perfectly proportioned and shapely. You know, it was like he, he was so preoccupied by beauty. And for narcissists, being in long-term partnership is difficult, right? Because they're aging and their partner's aging. And when they look at their partner aging, it's the Dorian Gray thing. Ooh, mm. do not want that. Need a younger partner because I don't want to see my own flaws starting to show. So so what what should she do? Yeah. In that situation. Well, I mean, I think part of it is you got to push back. You know, mm. I had another guy who wanted his wife to dress a certain way. And it's like she's got to say, you know what? I'm dressing the way I want to dress. Mm. In many times, it's pushing back against the narcissist because that asserts her real personhood. And mm. I say her and I'm saying him because, unfortunately, 75% of all diagnosed narcissists are male. But, again... And I have known many female narcissists as well who are preoccupied by their beauty and they really don't have the capacity to have real relationship with their male partners, mm. you know. So pushing so, back, yeah, you know, so asserting really, the self. But again, it's hard to do. Yeah, but it's, it sounds like too, like it's not taking those critiques personally. Right. You have to, especially when it comes to physical beauty um, mm -hmm. or of themselves, mm -hmm. right? So what about the narcissists a lot of times are hypersensitive to any challenge that they are the best. That, that's the illusion, right? That they're the best at it. They always want to be right. Yeah. Um, it it yeah, makes I had, it really hard in relationship there. I had this guy come in and he said, you know, I've slept with 30 women and none of them needed clitoral stimulation. You know, yeah. I mean, he couldn't absorb that his wife was trying to tell him what she needed because he knew mm. he knew what women needed. You know, and that's obviously a narcissistic stance. And the difficulty is standing your ground and saying, you know, I'm so delighted that all those women didn't. I do. Mm. You know, I need that. But somehow or another, he shamed her for something because because deep down again, right, narcissism is based in shame. So it's like if he could suddenly see, oh, my gosh, all these other 30 women maybe didn't think I was the hottest lover, then he crumbles. And mm. so it's rather than crumbling, he asserts this falsehood. Yeah. And I think that in doing that, I think we should talk about, too, the type of challenge that, or the type of pushback um, mm -hmm. that you're mentioning there. I don't know that it's a confrontational pushback right. because it I think that's that kind of... You'll never win. Never win. In that with a narcissist. They will always be dirtier and uglier. Yeah. Um, you know. it's, it's more the keeping your sense of humor type of pushback, like uh, holding on to yourself um, and who mm -hmm. you are. It's and not allowing that to derail you right? right? In, exactly. in what you know, you what's right and what you want. Yeah. Um, the other thing narcissists do, right, they criticize and they belittle. 
especially around sex, right? You, mm-hmm. you mentioned that even if it wasn't, it wasn't good enough, it wasn't intense enough, it wasn't like you're talking about with the story earlier, not fully into it, um, mm-hmm. those type of things. How does one deal with that kind of, that kind of treatment there? You know, I know this is so painful. I had a patient once who said, you know, I'll always thank you, Lori, for telling me that my partner was a narcissist <laughs> because it reframed everything for her. And mm. she stopped feeling so like a beaten dog. Yep. And I think some of it is, you know, saying enough is enough. Mm. I mean, at some point, unfortunately, you have to draw a line and say, you know, I, I can't always keep going when you criticize me. It's mm. too toxic for me. You know, perhaps we need to separate and get help. Uh, I mean, definitely, if you're sleeping with a narcissist, y'all need help. Yeah. You needed help long ago. And I mean, in retrospect, often people say, I knew they were a narcissist from day one. I just didn't know what to call it. Yeah. Here, I feel like it. what you're talking about is boundaries, is that that oftentimes when you're talking about who a narcissist is attracted to, mm-hmm. um, that yes, it's somebody that wants to help. They're very kind, but oftentimes they have let their boundaries go. They haven't defined them very well and they definitely haven't held to them. Mm-hmm. So I think in this instance, when criticism comes in, those boundaries have to go up and say, mm-hmm. th- like you're saying, this is not okay. Right. Uh, we, you, we can disagree, we can argue, but you're not going to criticize. You're definitely not going to belittle me. And I'm not going to allow myself to stay in a relationship where that is continually happening, where that is a pattern of behavior. Right. And I mean, I, I hope that those of you listening, you know, if your partner is name calling and either gender on a regular basis, I'm not talking about the once in a five year blue moon slip, but when that's their pattern of belittling, name calling, degrading you. I mean, really think about that. That is no way to live. Mm. Uh, And so think deeply about first getting help and maybe setting the boundary that says, no, you you can't treat me like that. Not going to be treated like that. uh, Narcissists too, they have this like sense of entitlement Mm. um, that they should have more than you should have. You know, their right to it is more than your right to it. Um, I had one man, he was deeply religious And he said it was his right to have sex every night with his wife. Hmm. And he he couldn't understand that sex was an act between them. He said, no, no, it's it's my right. Hmm. You know, it was this really crazy, really deeply pathological entitlement. Um, Hmm. You know, it wasn't about them. It was about what he was owed. Yeah. So again, there that's God, who would want to have sex with that? That's boundaries of saying, saying no. Yeah, no. Right and making sure that that you have sex on your terms and that is mutual rather than it's somebody telling you when to have sex. Right. Um, You know, another thing narcissists have is just a lack of empathy in general. Mm -hmm. Right. And that makes it difficult. That's, that's where that low emotional intimacy comes in. Empathy is critical for emotional intimacy. Right. Um, And so not having it makes it can make it really difficult to feel connected to them or -hmm. for them to connect to another person as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and so part of that challenge, I think, I mean, you tell me what you think is recognizing where it is coming from, because mm-hmm. that really is a part of that deficit, part of that shame based, fear based upbringing that it's a it's a lack of being vulnerable and in and of themselves. And so um, being able to recognize that in the context of what how this is happening, why this is happening 
helps to maybe reduce some of the pain of their lack of empathy, I think, sometimes. Exactly. And narcissists are like Teflon to their partners being a sponge, is what I say. Mm. Uh, So no matter what, even if they're caught in the act, it's not my fault. I didn't do it. And they often marry people who are sponges who say, I probably did do it. Oh, my gosh. How did I contribute to this? You know, it probably is all my fault. And their their sponge partner is often so loving and absorbing that for a period of time it works, right? Mm. The, the Teflon throws it off onto the sponge and the sponge says, oh, my gosh, I'll absorb that until suddenly the sponge is so full of the toxic blame and projection that they say, okay, you know, I got to ring this out and I I can't take this anymore. It's like, it's a system, but narcissists often look for that person who will keep taking it. Mm-hmm. So how does somebody deal with that? Like, if I'm the sponge, what do I do? I would say, right, as a therapist, it's, it's frustrating um, because narcissists have difficulty with self-observation. They can't see what they're doing. It feels perfectly true to say that it's all their partner's fault. Of mm-hmm. course it's their partner's fault. So they have very little self-awareness. And when the partner points out, you know, gee, I, I don't think this is me. I think this is between us or I think this is something that you want and need, but it, it's not necessarily your right. I mean, it's often an angry big fight. And so you, if you're going to be married and sleep with a narcissist, you have to have balls of steel. Yeah. You, you have to be able to deflect that blame <laughs> and not do. take it on. Yeah. You really do. And they, they have this huge need for admiration, right? They they want their partner to flatter them. And, I mean, all of us want this to some extent. Of course, we want our partner to think we're sexy and that we're enough. But I know a narcissistic woman, for instance, who... You know, the one thing she focuses on is that her husband doesn't tell her she's attractive. And I think it's like purposeful on his part to wound her Mm. because he recognizes her narcissism. And this is how he can get back, you know, at the ways that she doesn't connect with him. Yeah. Um, So it's. But that that seems to me to be counterproductive in that sense for him that to make that move to try to hurt her. In right. I mean, the war of the roses, right? Then, yeah. you know, you're not in a, you're not making progress toward intimacy at that point. Yeah. I mean, I think in that sense, the person that's sleeping with a the narcissist, they they need to still compliment, but genuinely finding areas where they can genuinely compliment. Instead of fawning over them and mm-hmm. supplying them, they need to also compliment the deep aspects of the person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And narcissists like to break boundaries. I mean, oftentimes they'll come in and they'll say, you know, my partner, their partner will say, you know, they flirt with other people. And then they tell me that I'm immature for being upset or they have affairs or they push you to do things beyond your own boundaries. And then this is the trick. They often disrespect you for breaking your own boundaries. Yeah. I mean, it's like I I knew one couple and he insisted that she have a threesome and then he shamed her like you're so immoral i can't believe you let us do that and mm-hmm. she's like what what you've been begging me for five years to do that and okay we're foreplay radio sex therapy helping committed couples but you know i'm just describing a case um and i i would say the last thing is 
um, that they're often manipulative and very controlling, and they yeah. use high levels of aggression to get that. Well, that that example is really an example yeah. of that. That's that's exactly. ma- that's super manipulative. Right. Um, and you have to kind of be aware of that. You have to kind of be on. If you identify that you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you have to be aware of what manipulative behavior looks like so that you can escape it. If you're not mm-hmm. aware of it, you're going to get caught in it every single time. Exactly. So do we have some good news here? Narcissism can be healed. It takes nerves of steel to be to sleep with one. You have to push back and assert yourself and stand up. Yeah, and and I would say, you know, make sure get some help. Like Absolutely. know that there are some times where you need a sounding board, you need some strategies that work. And you need to be able to see it clearly and know what it is. So we hope this has been helpful. Thanks for listening. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.